0: There is a story told about Mahatma Gandhi toward the end of his career when the Indian Revolution had been successful and the British Empire had been overthrown by nonviolence. And Gandhi was the great national hero, Bapuji, the father of the country. And along with that came the need to participate in all kinds of ceremonial events that Gandhi was not particularly fond of. But he had to visit all of these social projects and go to meet VIPs and bless various you know, orphanages, communes, etc. And it took a lot of his time. And one day they drove him out to a, an insane asylum. He wasn't particularly eager to go to, but okay, it was part of his job. He was surrendered, and he was walking through, and they were explaining how all the most modern methods of treatment of psychotics were happening here, etc. But he wasn't listening. He was kind of looking at the inmates, and there was one guy who interested him, and he kind of wandered away and sat down in front of this inmate, and the inmate looked up at him and said, "Who are you?" He said, I'm Gandhi. They <laughs> laughed. He said, "You know, they all say that when they first get here. <laughs> You'll get over it." <laughs> Gandhi was taken aback. He realized that these were very true words. They hit him in the heart. This was a Mahavakya, and he said, "Is it possible I could get over this? <laughs> I hope so." And this is the psychosis all of us have to get over, isn't it? If we're going to get out of our private insanity, of believing that we are this form, this name, this history with all of its baggage, all those parental commands, all of the identifications, habits, cravings, all of those things that Radha talks about in the study group, All of that stuff that contorts us and agitates us and disturbs our peace, it all comes with the adoption of this delusional identity we call the ego. And because most beings in the world tend to believe in that delusion, our whole planet has become a giant insane asylum. And so... We need to have doctors, nurses, those who have been healed of the delusion, who can help the world to awaken from that psychosis called the ego. Gandhi did. He was very clear that he was not that heroic cardboard figure that they... Put up on all the walls and posters and books. But how many of us are ready to let go of that delusion? And it's not a question of, oh, I should do this for the good of the world, or I should do this because that would be the godly thing to do, or that would be the most truthful way of living, etc. No. The only real reason to do it is that the ego mind is a hell realm, isn't it? It's so fragile, the ego mind, it's so vulnerable that, for example, someone can say one thing that's critical to you maybe even about something very minor, something you said or even some way you're dressed that day or how your hair looks or whatever it is, some little critical remark or even a look that you interpret as being critical and it can ruin your whole day, can't it? Has anyone ever had that experience? Where you can't get the words out of your mind, you know, they go over and over again and you are either justifying yourself or trying to manipulate it and change how you responded to it, or there's just anger overwhelmingly surging up over and over. The mind cannot disconnect from those hurts, those insults to the narcissism of the ego. And that's the main pain I think that people have, is that for most people there isn't a day that goes by that they aren't tormented by some very minor interaction that didn't even have any significance, probably, to the other person. They don't even know that you're agonizing over it. They didn't even intend the criticism, but you take it in that way. And so most people are constantly being wrung out, and their minds are never free, they're never in peace. And it's when you're in the middle of one of those... you realize how important it is to be master over your mind it's then when you can't stop agonizing over something and you don't even know what it is half the time but it destroys your peace you can't sleep you can't work you can't do anything because the mind is always trying to figure a way out of the pain of it the agony and especially if there's a grain of truth to the criticism then it overwhelming. And so this is a the garden variety common trauma that every ego is subject to on a constant basis. And there's only one way out. And that is to gain mastery over the ego mind. And to do that, you must realize you are not the ego. You have to outrank it. And its internal saboteur, the superego that we talk about, that inner voice, you don't even need someone out there criticizing you. Your own mind will do it for you and create the agony, even if you're having a great day. You know. And it can be without any kind of chokes with anyone else, and you're still in torment because your mind is split to this persecutor and victim. And there's only one way out, and that is to learn to silence the mind, train it to obey your will, and to stay in peace. Om Shanti. That's why that's the first mantra that was ever taught. That's the true nature of our being. But we can only reach that peace when we have disidentified from the ego that's capable of receiving an insult. When we are in the state of pure consciousness, awareness that is undifferentiated, that is part of the universal consciousness, because all this is is an ocean of consciousness. Everything that you think occurs in the external world, it's in your consciousness. It's not really external to consciousness. The same with the internal world, the dream world or the world of your thoughts. It's all one whole consciousness. And when you become the witness to that and realize that that world of mind, of thoughts and images and feelings and all of that is within a much larger mind, a cosmic mind, a mind that's indefinable, in fact. The Buddha mind, if you want to use that term. But ultimately no term does it, not even consciousness, you see. Even that term is going too far, because what is consciousness? Science can't figure it out, it's not a thing, you can't analyze it. And so the Buddhists say it's suchness, or there's a word in the Advaita tradition called samatha. It is that state when you realize that everything is one and the same, sameness of it all. But that sameness is not a bland, negative sameness of apathy. No, it's the radiant sameness of realization that all is God, all is sacred, all is beautiful, all is love. And then in that state you can't be hurt. In that state you can't be subject to torment any longer because you are not a subject and there are no objects. It is all one. And when we attain the realization that that is the state of being, that is the real, here and now, and we don't need to struggle in order to reach it, we just need to let go of the delusion of the ego, and we're free. Then we can understand the miraculousness of liberation, that we think is so difficult and so far away, is closer to us than our own ego. But we pass through it in order to identify with the ego, which is an object in the mind, instead of simply being our natural self that is already inherently free, eternally free, eternally blissful, eternally self-luminous. So I hope tonight that we will choose to leave the realm of torment behind and enter the Sukhavati, the blissful land of the Buddha of infinite light that we all are. That Buddha is you, that Buddha is each of us. We are that light that is beyond suffering, beyond duality, and beyond illusion. So let's realize it now in our meditations together.